On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing great, Lance. In this episode, we have a really interesting guest, uh, someone who has kind of been in the community on Twitter, at least, uh, that I've seen and been aware of for a few years now. His name is Jamie Cook, and we know it's him, Lance. Uh, Why do we know it's really him? Well, uh, there was some question back in the day. Uh, You and I had questioned whether or not he was James Renner as a joke because they were commenting about the same time, about the same topics, uh, never really took it any further than uh, just kind of saying, well, maybe it's an identity that James Renner uses, but we now know that James Renner does not have any monikers out there other than his own uh, accounts, uh, Philosophy of Crime and his uh, James Renner account. And his identity was being challenged a couple of weeks ago, and he delivered this video, this proof of life, which even included a newspaper and the date. So we all knew that it was current, that he was not James Renner. And he goes on, says he's not James Renner, is sort of confused why he even has to do this. And it was one of the biggest shutdowns I've ever seen in the history of doing this show. It was quite remarkable, Lance, and uh, and so the least we could do is have him on, really apologize for and to Renner too. I mean that was that was a joke. I mean that never should have been uh, put out there, um, and obviously it, we didn't think it was true anyway. Renner always said he didn't have fake accounts, so it was completely a joke. If you happen to come across any of those screenshots uh, that were put out there. But uh, so this is really an interesting episode because he really knows a lot about the case and has been out there and he doesn't agree with everything Renner says anyway. So it was really kind of a a loony um, joke to begin with. It was just really just a joke. And let's play that proof of life video now from Jamie Cook and then uh, we'll play the rest of the intro. Hey, uh, Maura Murray community. I just want to clear a few things up. I don't know if you guys saw the... uh Murray family spokesperson, uh, Scott Wall, basically attacking me on Twitter last night to uh, basically trying to accuse me of being a James Renner fake account. I'm not James Renner. Um, I speak for myself. I'm a real person. I don't agree with everything that James Renner does, um, and I don't understand why they would have somebody speaking for them like that. Um, Here's a newspaper for today with a proof of life. Wednesday 8th, 2020. Anyway, um, I just want to clear that up. 
and thank you very much. But one thing we wanted to mention too, Lance, and uh, you'll you'll notice this if you are a, a close follower of this show, but we are going to kind of tinker around with our release schedule a little bit and the episode duration. We may break episodes up into two episodes that normally would have been one hour or hour plus episode. And we are also going to be producing more episodes on Mora Murray. And uh, that has caused us to look at different release schedules. And so I think after this release here today, this would be Thursday, uh, July 30th, 2020. I think in a few days, we're going to release another episode, and that'll be Monday. Um, that'll be an interview with the Prosecutors podcast on Monday. That'll be part one on Monday, and then I think part two will come out on Tuesday, and then we're going to do a live Get Vocal show next Thursday, which would we're talking August now, and uh, that would be August 6th, and uh, we're talking about doing another live Maura Murray uh, night, and that would, uh, we are, we have invited the prosecutors to join us on that to kind of follow up with the episode, and obviously Jamie Cook is invited, and everybody is invited uh, to Thursday night, next Thursday night, August 6th, Get Vocal Night. And we're doing this for a few reasons, and a couple of the important reasons are the fact that this happened to Jamie Cook, the fact that someone uh, called him out on not being who he was and can pretty much say anything that they want. And we even bring this up in the interview with Jamie that he can say, I looked up your IP address and, and you're close to, to James Renner, how you know, you're definitely James Renner. And he was so wrong about it. And... Over the past few months, we've been working on private investigations for the missing missing persons and cold cases, and we've been trying to use the Maura Murray platform to raise the awareness about these cold cases, which we will continue to do because we want to make sure that we get the word out there for all of this for as much as we can. But it also, I think, the the uh, occurrences, the the these things that have happened over the past few weeks, past month or two, have shown us that we really need to take more of a stand and be that conduit for the responsible citizen detective out there. The people who are looking into Moore's case, the people who are trying to bring some sort of answers to the family, they're out there. You guys are out there and we want to make sure you know that you have a platform here. So that's why we're adding this second show. It's going to be as long as it takes. It could be 25 minutes or it could be 40 minutes or we could break an hour into two shows, two episodes, and we'll do a few of these get vocal nights, but it's all geared so that all of the positive energy that we saw come out of the garbage that was going on the past couple of months, because it was t vile and toxic garbage that was happening. But out of all of that came came this positive energy, came like you really saw the good rise to the top. And now we're back on the platform. We're back on the platform to showcase and, and highlight missing person cases for the nonprofit, but we're also back on the platform to make sure that your voice is heard if you have something responsible and respectful to say. Right. So uh, we are doing more episodes. We want to do one more, at least one more Murray episode a week, and then we probably will sprinkle in some other cases. Like you said, Lance, we're working with private investigations for the missing, so there will be some other episodes that will be in there as well, but we want to hear from you. This community is amazing, and you're the reason we decided to uh, add this extra more Murray episode because you have been so amazing out there. So please email us at missingmoramurray at gmail.com. If you've got anything you want to talk about the case, you got something you can add, 
or you just want an email, uh, send us, send us some information that way we could read that, but we really want to turn this back, the, the focus back to the community because I think Lance, that this community is pushing in, in such a way right now that we need to do this. We owe it to everyone to do this. And, uh, speaking of the community, Julie Murray emailed us last week and said how incredible this community is. And she was talking really specifically about the blue ribbon petition, uh, the blue ribbon campaign to save Mora's blue ribbon by the tree where she went missing. So there is a link in the show notes. We're asking you to sign the petition. It is through the Murray family website and try to save this tree. The Murrays are really uh, asking for your help. So we need to show up for them, and we need to sign this petition to keep the blue ribbon on the tree. And just a quick note on that, there's only a very small group of us, a handful of us, that have lost somebody without a trace. And the Murray family, they're one of those families that have lost someone with without a sign of where they are. There's no physical evidence. There's no uh, sighting that can be supported by anything. No one's coming forward to say anything. We keep saying somebody knows something, but that no one's saying anything yet. And this blue ribbon isn't just a ribbon tied to a tree. It's something that the family can go to that's tangible, that they can look at, and they can be reminded where they're at in this world and where the community is at and, and the support that is behind them. So it really symbolizes a lot more than just a marker on the side of the road. It really does, Lance. And so once again, the Marys are asking for your help. So please sign the petition is the least you can do. Um, we would really appreciate it. And Lance, just another note, um, you know, with, with the shorter episodes, that was something that we were kind of uh, told by our podcast uh, network that we're on, the uh, the network anchor. They, they said that shorter episodes is really working these days and, and longer episodes because people are commuting less and less time to take. So, that is kind of one of the another one of the reasons. I just want to throw that out there. Um, and Anchor is a great company, by the way. If you're going to start your own podcast, do it there. And this just isn't a free plug for Anchor. I know it might sound like it, but they really are good. We get a lot of people who reach out to us, like, where do we start when we want to begin a podcast? Where do we? What's our first step? And one of the first steps is we direct them to Anchor. Anchor is owned by Spotify, so you can listen to it on Anchor, on Spotify, on Spotify Podcasts. So really, this is less like a promotional plug and more like a general hey we've gotten your messages if people want to know where to start that's our recommendation start at anchor that is that is the meaning behind that decision and uh, we hope you appreciate the um and we hope you you know that that's welcome um more episodes more voices we think uh this community deserves that okay hope you enjoy this episode with jamie cook follow him on twitter follow the links in the show notes sign the petition thank you very much and one follow for Jamie Cook equals a follow for James Renner. <laughs> Just kidding. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie Cook. Jamie, how are you today? I'm doing super. How are you both doing? We're doing really well, and uh, what an interesting guest to have on this show. Uh, thank you so much, first of all, for just putting yourself out there. There was a bit of a Twitter battle that was happening uh, several days ago, a week or so ago, and you just came under fire. Before we get into that, I just wanted to say thank you, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. 
Sure. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I guess I've been listening to you guys since about two episodes in. So, wow. Thank you so much. Well, let, let's hear a little bit about uh, you first, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, who are you, and uh, and why are you uh, interested in crime? My name is uh, Jamie Cook. Um, I'm, you know, more active on uh, Twitter than I am. I don't really get into the Reddit stuff. Um, I, I guess my main uh, interest with true crime would probably be uh, the Zodiac case. Some of that has to do with the, the age of the case. I'm a I have a uh, bachelor's degree in history, and so cases that are have some history behind them tend to be like uh, a little more my my thing. Um, basically, I would say with the Maura Murray case would be I became aware of it after uh, the the uh, old uh, Thinking Sideways podcast did a podcast on it. And then I think really close, I could be wrong, but I don't remember which one did it first, but also the Gen, the Generation Y podcast. And I think like we all have, I would just became like very uh, enamored with it. It's, uh, there's so much mystery behind it. It's bizarre. And uh, just basically became enthralled. And then when you guys came along and what was that, like the summer of 2015? That's right. Yep. Say? Yeah. Yeah. It was basically just checking my podcast app. When are they going to drop another podcast? <laughs> because you guys were so such a singular voice for that whole entire thing, and it was like, yeah, this is you know, this is what we need, and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, we we appreciate that. Did you follow James Renner's blog um, before you started uh, listening to those podcasts? No, actually, that's what got me into it too would be as far as hit y- y'all's podcast and then it seems from there i started being like okay and then it, you you would hear so many much uh like different sides and i kind of dipped my toe into some of the uh you know different avenues as far as trying to figure out more about the case and i was like who is this this james renner guy you know as far as like Right or wrong, it's like he's he's right smack dab in the middle of it, and I think we've all like gotten a lot of information from him. So yeah, I think that's right. And uh, yeah, I asked you about Renner because um, obviously that was kind of the the target. That was kind of the uh, well, I guess part of the the issue from uh, from Twitter a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, which I have to take uh, a bit of responsibility for um, because I think at one point I joked around uh, with Lance and Aaron Larkin um, and and suggested that you might have actually been Renner. So I, I want to apologize if I was the first person who introduced that idea. Yeah, that's all right. Because uh, because that that's not cool. Um, obviously, I was kidding. Um, I didn't think Renner really did that. Um, but we, I think we did ask him at one point. He always said, no, I never had any fake account, never have, never will. Um, and we didn't seriously think it was, I don't think, but it was, uh, I think it was just notable because you seem to support him. Um, but not like support him like, oh, he's always right. You'd support him like in, a, I feel like a pretty fair way. Like, yeah, sometimes he goes a little too far, but you know, he's, he, gets information. Yeah, I think where some of the confusion came from too is the fact that he's really active on Twitter and accessible and I was kind of the I'm similar, you know, obviously a lot smaller, 
but I'm very active. And I think that was what people didn't understand. It's like, cause for some reason too, like the Maura Murray case, the Twitter presence around that case is like so intense. Like, like I could post something out, you know, tweet something out about, you know, Zodiac case or something. And I'm not, it won't get nearly the amount of like action. You post something out about Maura Murray and it's like, people just start like flocking to it. And it's like, and I don't know why, I mean, I'm sure there's some other cases. I know I, I kind of, I, I, uh, follow Bob Ruff and uh, truth and justice and all that stuff. And when he was doing some of the West Memphis three stuff, that stuff gets really intense too. And there's a lot of different uh, voices around that. And so that gets some action, but Maura Murray, there's something about it that just is crazy. As you guys know, isn't it so crazy to think about where we're at now as um, people looking into Maura's case, just individuals looking into it and where we were then, because Tim had mentioned we had, emailed or texted with uh with Aaron and with Scott Wall about uh you maybe being James Renner and back then it was like kind of a joke because there was I think there was just a couple of uh comments that were made that were similar like James Renner said something almost at the same time you did and I don't think at that time you had a picture on your profile but it was enough where it was like oh well it crossed our minds uh we never like looking back on it now we never would have thought that it would blow up into something like this where we would actually feel bad you know those text messages were were brought back up and they were posted on Twitter as if this was like a hill we were dying on like crime talker 1941 is James Renner and I will never say that he's not like <laughs> i mean it was such a uh it was such an offhanded sort of uh, you know just jokey like a, jokey, very jokey moment yeah. it, and anyone who knows us personally knows how jokey we uh, actually are and we never thought that there was some nefarious plot going on it's just funny where where we were at not even so long ago, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't. The funny thing is, is Renner actually sent me a direct message and he's like, hey, did, hey, man, would you mind like putting a profile picture up there? And for some reason, it's like, I don't know. It just went straight over my head. I was like, sure. Yeah. And I never <laughs> thought, hey, uh, why does he want me to put a profile wow. And so when all all the, when all this blew up, I sent him a message. I was like, "Is that why you wanted me to put a profile picture up?" And and he laughed and he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, you didn't even say like why." And I didn't even like ask you. I was just like, "Oh, okay." And uh, but I feel really I felt terrible for him more than anything other than the fact that I thought Scott, you know, that's a whole other thing, was getting kind of creepy with it. Um, like I wasn't worried about you guys because it's like I obviously know who you guys are, your public figures that I I don't I don't think anybody should see as sinister. And then, but as far as Renner, I was like he get, he has enough problems, both ones that are made up and then different issues that maybe he's brought on himself or whatever. Um, he doesn't need somebody else like trying to cause more problems because we've already seen, you know, the fake account you know, fiascos. And it's like, we don't need that like going on with people that I think are legitimately uh, trying to do stuff. So I felt bad. I was like, man, I don't want him to feel like, man, somebody, but on the other hand, I'm like, Hey, I guess it's flattering because I do think that, you know, I, I think we all would like at times to be like as fearless as Renner can be at times with stuff. It's like, I know I, you know, sometimes maybe he takes it too far, but it, it's still one of those things where I wish that I could kind of just throw, 
caution to the wind a few times with different things. He does have this fearless attitude about him, but he is also very well researched and he doesn't typically let on with how re- how well researched he is. And we've come to discover that just recently. Definitely. I agree. I don't agree with everything he's done, but I do. I do agree with that. I, I don't question that he is seeking the truth and... So um, when when you were sort of called out on Twitter, um, take us through. I guess take us through that experience. Um, really set it up for us. Yeah, like called out as as being uh, the fake account or whatever of James Renner. I mean, what what was that like? Well, I mean, I, I can't even remember if I even participated much in that whole entire day. You know, earlier in the day, but I was like, all of a sudden, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, all you guys are that are the uh, more public figures of the case and everything like that. We're just kind of like everybody's on there and it's like this whole fiasco of just wild, you know, like the wild West going on of who's who. And for some reason, I guess it got later into the night. And for some reason, like I just couldn't sleep that night. And I think there's like the old adage, like nothing good can come after like two o'clock in the morning. And I think it was about, I want to say there that all of a sudden at some point it was pretty late. Like Scott, like somehow I can't remember if he was on earlier or not, but somehow he started really getting active later that night. And I was like, Oh, you know, why is Scott on here now? And the funny thing is, is some other Twitter members were being a little bit more aggressive with him. You know, I try to be a little bit, but I think I'd made some sort of comment like, you know, you really should not involve yourself with some of this stuff. He, you know, you need to take yourself out of this. You know, you're a distraction because of, you know, the obvious, you know, concerns. And, uh, but basically, I guess he took offense to that. And obviously, I didn't totally know all the backstory, but, you know, what really freaked me out is all of a sudden he started like following me on Twitter and I'm like, okay, why is he following me now? And then it, 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 it went into the whole thing, you know, checking your, like your IP address. And he's like, this is coming back with like James Renner's IP address. And I'm like, well, first of all, I know that's not true, (laughs) but I also like, I'm not even in the like same vicinity state or like, you know, you know, area, like I'm, I'm really far from James Renner. And, uh, and so I was like, this is crazy. But I was like, I knew I knew that that was going to create more problems. And I also was like, OK, how do I get myself? You know, I don't want to be dealing with this, but also don't want I don't want any of you guys having to waste your time, like trying to figure out, is, oh, is this something going on? Is, you know, is, is Renner doing something and, and this and that? And it just kind of got like a little bit crazy. And I've also like, you know, had some healthy uh concern about kind of that side of the case where it just seems like there's a lot of misinformation and some sort of like effort to kind of like distort things and whatnot. And I always felt like you guys were a good, have been a good median as far as trying to give everybody a chance through that. I've kind of like saying that like that side, you know, and you know, we, we know the side we're talking about, there just seems like there's a lot of like, misinformation that tries to be driven and i was just concerned and i was like man this is wild this is like crazy like why is this guy doing that because i honestly had really never had any real dealings with him i obviously knew the issues and this and that but 
I don't, I never really go on the family page or any of that stuff. And, uh, it was just crazy, but I was like, well, this is what I get for staying up late into the night when just like crazy stuff is going to start going on. You know, it's like, I would have woke up to it in the morning and been like, what is going on here? But, you know, and I, and then of course the rest of the night I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? So what I ended up probably, I blocked Scott initially because I was like, man, I don't want him digging into more stuff or trying to look into like, you know, not that I'm worried about it. Like I don't, I have, you know, I'm not the kind of person that posts things that are going to come back to bite me on social media. You know, it's like number one, I just don't, I don't, I don't behave that way in private either. So I'm not worried about it, but I'm like, I don't want him digging through this you know, junk. And so I'm like, well, I just don't even want him to look at it. But I ended up, I guess I woke up the next morning and that's when uh, Renner had sent me a message and he's like, Hey, uh, you mind doing me a favor and like post like a video. And so that's when I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, do you mind? Hey, is there any way that you can wear the hat? And I was like, yeah, I can wear, <laughs> I can wear the hat in the video and we can try to take a situation that's a little bit, you know, crazy and try to like find some sort of like humor and that's when i was like all right i'll do like a proof of life video and we'll try to like instead of getting angry at this guy let's just make him look foolish i i just want to go back a couple of steps when you said that uh this misinformation was was going out there and it seemed like there was some distractions and certain people trying to uh steer the narrative and um also you're saying that you, while you have nothing out there that you're afraid of someone like Scott Wall finding and posting for the public, he was he had no problem with just saying your IP address matches that of James Renner. And he just put that out there. It was a flat lie. He just put it out there. And who knows how many people would believe that. So it's at, at this point, it's it's frightening to me that people are trying to steer the narrative but at the same time, someone like you, who is a history buff, has a degree in it, who follows true crime, whose heart is in the right place, someone like Scott Wall can just come out and say, no, I looked at your IP address. This is James Renner. He was 100% sure. Well, I, I, let me correct myself. He wasn't 100% sure that you were James Renner, but he was 100% willing to make the rest of the Twitter world think you were James Renner. And when you did that proof of life... It was such a swing and a miss on his part, but it still leaves me with this unsettling feeling that anyone can just say anything about anyone whose heart is in the right place. And like he did, he just said, you're this person because I'm saying so. It blows my mind. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I, I honestly felt bad because of the fact that it's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to make it, you know, like a bomb, some sort of huge victim or something like that because of no, but it's not right. And, and other people should not be using that tactic. And especially it's bad enough with, you know, just social media. You know, we all take a certain amount of a risk every, you know, every time we go on social media. But with people that are put in a position to where he has a certain amount of authority as far as he can try to downplay his, his situation. But he has... You know, like I'm I'm an, uh, an administrator of a Zodiac uh, group 
And I mean, there's a bunch of other, you know, we have like a really good team of administrators and we work well together, but it's like, we take it very seriously. And it's like, I'm not going to be going out there, you know, endangering the reputation if, because, you know, the way people, you know, they could go back on any of my other people, that, you know, the other administrators and whatnot. And I'm like, we're trying to run a legitimate place that people can come to and, and share information on the Zodiac case and everything like that. And I don't want to be like out here messing around with people, even if I, you know, you know what I'm saying is, and, and just, and, and here you have somebody who's, who's an administrator for a, a, you know, a page for a family of a missing girl. And he's out there like playing around with people and, and acting like he's, he's checking out people's IP addresses and stuff like that. I mean, that is, it is, it's very irresponsible behavior. And I would really, what it's concerning is it's like, okay, is this going to be a tactic? And I would hate, you know, for other people having to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially, uh, obviously he was so, he was so wrong about, about you. So he just obviously put that out there. Um, and, and people have known him as a computer guy or whatever. So I don't know if he's told any other, uh, you know, lies about that, obviously, um, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but that is the concern. You're right. Uh, so now, now we have to wonder, um, if what he's saying about what he's doing, tracking things or whatever, uh, is real or not. Sure. And I mean, I know it's like, and you guys are, have had him on the show and that created a whole other can of worms for you guys, you know, as far as, I mean, you guys are just trying to do the right thing and give all these different people a voice and certainly have taken fire you know, even just with, oh, you, you let James Renner come on and you let John Smith come on and Aaron. And it's like, you guys tried to just give people a platform. It's like, sit there and discuss stuff, you know, and then some of this stuff is just coming back to bite you. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for understanding what, you know, it is we do with this show, um, because you, you, I mean, you really fully understand it, I think. And, uh, we do try to give, uh, different voices a platform and, talk about the case and we certainly have never wanted to harass anybody never wanted to attack anybody nothing like that we've only attempted to put out uh what we thought was the truth and uh back to a previous point um that pro that well that definitely always hasn't been the case but we always try to be completely truthful um we've never purposefully put out misinformation sure and you've had to like redact episodes because it you know came back to bite you on your fault I mean, you can only bring people on and hope that they're going to come on there and not be uh, disingenuous and, you know, and, and basically just whatever, trying to steer the narrative in some sort of direction. Or, you know, you've had different issues with people like turning out to be uh, crazy, like later on. <laughs> kind of thing. And it's like, gosh, I, I mean, I, I always say I was like, I think I had mentioned that in one of the Twitter uh, conversations after all this. It was just like, I think you guys have uh toughened up a little bit and had to, uh, op you know, your eyes are a lot more open and it's like, it's actually like, it's sad to see it because I think you're both like, you know, great guys that have had to basically learn on the fly that it's like, man, you're trying to do the right thing, but unfortunately, you know, it's not the way it always goes. And you guys have grown a lot through this case and had to like, you know, toughen up. I don't know who exactly you think you're talking to, Jamie, but I, for one, I'm a stone-cold son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. It's yeah. It's like no. I mean, I, I think you're both. I think you're yeah. I just think it's one of those things where it's like I mean, you know, it's a it's a. I'm not saying that I haven't had to learn a few lessons, not just through this. I mean, I think you. A lot of us go into it with good intentions, and we just don't realize. But you guys are have such a more public, uh, you know, forum through a podcast and everything that it. Yeah, it is. And and yeah, thank you again for that point, because um, I would say that you're absolutely right. We have learned on the fly and we have even had to adjust who we let into our circles. And uh, that that includes people on social media who send us messages who aren't like perfectly uh, obvious that they're a real person. You know, I. I don't, I don't message back with those people, I would say. Um, and I apologize. Um, but that, but this is why essentially. Yeah. Because you're just never sure who you can trust. I totally understand that. I mean, that's why, I mean, I, for me, it's like, you know, I, I want a certain amount of like privacy. So it's like, I, I look at, you know, you guys like stepping out a lot. It's like, man, it, it's, it's a risky deal, man. Yeah. And was there any time when you were going through this back and forth online on Twitter? Was there any time where you felt like you were being, you know, seriously threatened or that this was something that was going to have any long lasting repercussions that you'd have to face later on? I didn't know. I mean, you know, initially it was just kind of like, dumbfounding as far as yeah i mean you have to be you have to take it seriously and i was like i don't know i don't know how far this guy's like you know willing to take it you know you start digging into people and it's like i'm sorry i don't you know i don't go in there i'm not like super paranoid to that point but i don't go in there like just broadcasting left and right you know everything about myself on uh social media in fact i mean that's probably why i didn't have a picture for a long time but and in fact, I actually didn't even have my name on. Yeah, that. I was going to say, I think that that probably fed into the original um, kind of <laughs> thought that you might have been Renner, I think, because you had changed your name, I want to say twice uh, since since we had uh, become aware of you. Well, sometimes I go by James and then I was like, well, that's probably not going to be good. So I was like, nicknames, you know, I was like, yeah, we could just clear up any confusion. We'll just we'll just go by the, the old nickname you know jamie so that'll work so what is the um significance of 1941 in your name just curious well for 1941 uh i had a history teacher that was like basically 1941 he uh that would be for uh pearl harbor he basically was just like that's a date history majors should understand you know and there's a there's a handful of others that are very you know very significant to american history and uh i don't know i just was like yeah we'll throw that in there 
but yeah, it's for, it's for Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I was I was just curious. I I want to clear that up because there's probably people out there who have looked into that date to see if there's anything significant that could somehow link you to I don't know a crime or something. <laughs> yeah, no. As far as yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like I, I don't. I guess it would be a clue that I mean I like history, so I guess that would be the only. Well, that is no crime, Jamie. Yeah, well, it was, it was a crime against the country, but as far as like. It didn't have anything else, and I was clearly uh, not around then, and as I'm pretty sure none of us were. So I feel like your wheelhouse is sort of in that period of time before social media, kind of when television was just, like, getting big and, you know, uh, maybe maybe 50s, 60s into the 70s. Is that, like, your wheelhouse uh, for your true crime um, time period? Sure, yeah. I mean, I obviously became you know highly enamored when the golden state killer was caught and all that i remember when the uh btk killer was out you know was finally outed and then arrested that was like such a big deal too it's like oh my gosh i was actually very young but actually in wichita kansas for a small amount of time when that towards the end of his uh murders and so like i when i remember hearing about it later on and i was like asking my parents i was like did you guys, were you aware of any of that? You know, and it was just this crazy thing. And I, I would say that was probably something that kind of got me because there was like sort of a connection to it where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, were we ever like, a, you know, possibly a target? Because, you know, you know, he was targeting and looking and, and, you know, Dennis Rader with the BTK case, you know, Wichita, Kansas, he was, he was probably scoping families out and stuff like that and i you know just kind of sends shivers down your spine where you're just like oh my gosh some point i remember becoming aware of it and then when he was apprehended it kind of brought it all up back up where i was like oh my gosh we were out there for some of that and uh it's pretty crazy and uh i wish my dad isn't here anymore but i would like to have talked to him about it and just been like were you aware of it because my mom doesn't always remember a lot of stuff and he, who knows, but I was like, were people in the the community very much aware of it? But yeah, the Zodiac case is, it's more about the mystery. I'm thinking back, I was like, you know, I know I, as somebody that studied history, there's a certain point in time where I know I don't want to go back there and live, but there's something I could, I definitely think like right at post World War II, like 50s, 60s, 70s, even despite the amount of like uh, civil unrest, but there was also so much like beautiful change going on during that time period that I think it would have been an interesting time period to live in, even though it was very complicated. I'm just like, gosh, I mean, the idea of just being able to completely unplug and just do your thing. It's like, there's something about it or just like, I even miss the days of just like opening up a newspaper and having a physical newspaper to sit there and read which is what's funny with that proof of life video i did i don't I, I don't get a newspaper but for some reason the area i'm in throws out these like these town newspapers or it's like i live in a suburb of a city and so it's it's not even for that it's some goofy thing and i'll i usually end up just tossing them in the recycle bin but i was like you know what i think there's one out there for today's date we go out there and pull it out. But it's like, yeah, I miss the days of just opening an actual newspaper and looking at it and not reading my news on an iPhone. But um, yeah, when you pulled out the, the newspaper in that video, uh, I definitely, uh, that was really funny. 
<laughs> really uh really made me laugh i mean and obviously the whole the whole story behind it was uh not not cool no yeah i totally understand i mean that's i mean that's the way i do things it's like man if you can't laugh at certain things it's like what are we doing here with all of the um you know historical research that you've done with zodiac and looking into just the way the world was at a certain period of time is there anything that you can apply to mora's case based on this research like just seeing like behavioral patterns or or anything like that yeah i would definitely say that and i don't i mean this is sort of like stating the obvious but it's like i think i think the case if it happened today, I think there's like would have been some huge advantages to it as far as like, I think because I, social media, I mean, that was even like pre, yeah, definitely pre Twitter. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember Facebook. I mean, I guess we had MySpace. Yeah. Facebook launched, I believe the week Mora went missing. Okay. So, I mean, it was just in its infancy and just a baby project that probably nobody realized was just going to completely you know, roar past uh, MySpace and some of the other ones that were out there. But, you know, you have to think that like social media, maybe. But what's frustrating is, is and I know that it, it did a lot of good, you know, as far as getting more people, but it always just seems like we're just, we're, we just need a couple more, like, like a couple more pieces to be put into place. And I feel like a lot of things would come together. And I kept thinking that when you guys did the Oxygen show, and I know that brought it to a larger audience and I know that got more eyes on it and stuff, which was good. And I know some other things have come out and some other things have been, you know, kind of put to bed after that. But, you know, you kept thinking maybe this will be the thing that'll be like, it'll shake something loose that, you know, that just, a I just feel like there's a couple more pieces. You know, I think that the time period, even though it wasn't that long ago, but the world has changed so much since then. And, uh, but I would say m more so the, problem that i always keep saying and i think it's unfair to when you hear about the police conspiracies and stuff like that and i don't think there's ever been any reason to even get into any of that because i'm like you know i always tell people i'm like you got to go where the evidence takes you and there's never been any evidence to suggest any of that but what the problem is is police officers are only as good as the tools that they are given and it's like those guys didn't have any idea and i remember I remember that was brought up when you, on y'all's uh, live deal you did last week or uh, that basically, you know, talking about like Cecil Smith, like he had no idea what he was walking into. These guys, like this is crazy stuff. Like this would be a crazy case if you even took it to like a large metropolitan area, just some girl goes missing and her car's in the middle of the street somewhere. You know, it's it's a crazy case. And it's like, I think what ended up happening is there's just so many mistakes that were made that maybe could have been corrected, you know, at the time and it would have been nice. And I know there's been a lot of back and forth as far as like, you know, has the FBI looked into it? Have they not? And I know there was that petition going around for a long time. But, you know, you do. I always have felt like getting more qualified people because I don't know if you guys have seen that show uh, that Netflix did, Mindhunter but I thought it was a great, great show. And I think that that time period, you know, shows, uh, you know, basically when the FBI started getting out there and actually like applying like more of the science behind trying to solve crimes and stuff like that, especially like with serial killers, um, 
And so a lot of these times, these smaller police departments is like we, you know, every, you know, we know that you guys know that, you know, just get overwhelmed and they just don't have the tools, you know, from the standpoint of the training to, to understand. I mean, like we're, we can't even get our heads wrapped around this case, you know, and these guys, despite the fact that they don't have, you know, that next level type training, they, they still have more training than we have. And they were just probably totally perplexed and doing the best that they could with what they have. But the problem is without like seriously something coming loose or somebody coming forward with some real information, it's really hard because at some point, you know, these cases just get so cold. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but the FBI was involved in Morris' case a, a little bit earlier than what I had originally thought or what we had heard. Yeah, no, they have definitely been involved. They have conducted interviews. I believe they were involved as early as 10 days after Mora went missing. Um, and that's the earliest that I've heard, I believe. But yeah, so I mean, it obviously has to do something with uh, Mora crossing state lines, uh, going from Massachusetts to New Hampshire. Uh, so, but I think I think they haven't taken over the case or haven't had jurisdiction because they were, there's no evidence that a crime was committed at all, let alone a crime that happened that crossed state lines. Right, and and you also have to take into account it. It was uh, we think ten days after she went missing, but you have to take into account the day and a half or two days before she was declared missing and then making the decision. So they probably got involved within like six or seven days, I would say. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, it's made it so much, it's made it more complicated. And we're also like, when you're also talking about, you know, I'm stating the obvious, but a case that has multiple locations as far as like, you know, that just makes it so much more difficult than if this was just like a singular, like she's a local. It's because you have like the new, the whole uh, UMass situation and you're talking about other police officers. And I always look at it like, I don't think that it has anything to do with like, oh, they're not working together. It just makes it more complicated and it just makes so many more things. And you're exactly right. Like at some point we don't have any idea. I mean, it seems like a crime was committed and some, yeah, at some point, but the bottom line is we have no idea. Have you ever seen any uh, instant like this where the car's on the side of the road? Because there was a time a few months ago where Tim and I were exploring this concept of, you know, what is there a protocol that police should be following instead of just assuming that somebody was drinking and they abandoned their car? What's your thoughts on that? Have you ever seen anything like that in any of the case that you've looked into? No, I mean, I can't. I mean, I think that's what blew my mind when I heard a I can't, you know, like I said, I know they were right around the same time with Gen Y and thinking sideways. I just remember thinking like, it's, this is crazy, you know? And then of course they had talked about, you know, her, you know, taking some money out. I can't even remember. Cause I think they might've done those podcasts in 2013, 2014, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. I think there, a lot of their information might even be like some of it outdated as far as like what we know now what they were going on back then, those, you know, I mean, really, I mean, that was years before you guys and this sort of stuff where it seems like it just got a lot bigger in the case. And I think the information got a lot more concise, but anyway, I just remember thinking, I was like, this is insane. You know, like how does somebody just like disappear like that? You know, but I always, I always have felt like, well, I think the, the crash site is valid. I've always felt like the case hinges on why, Mora was going up there. It's like, if you could figure that out, I feel like 
a lot of things would come together. And obviously there's been lots of speculation and it's definitely some valid conversation about it, but it's like still nothing is ever, we've never lost, you know, nothing has ever been a, just completely hammered down. Right. So do you think that that would be the one question that you would want answered if you were, you know, in an official capacity looking into this case? Is that the number one, uh, I figured this out and I'm, I'm pretty much at a hundred percent of, uh, of who did it and, and where she might be. Yes. I don't know if it would give me who, you know, the answers as far as what happened, but I do think that that would be my, yeah. Yes. That would be my top question. I think I've hammered that. I would say number two would be like diving into more of the conversation of exactly what was taking place with, you know, and I hate, you know, throwing them constantly into it or I guess, but Kate and Sarah, I've always felt like there's something in those phone calls that like, and I think I've tweeted that out like over and over and over again, which is probably something that people would have, you know, brought the whole Renner stuff. Cause I think he's always been very curious about that as well. I mean, I think there's certain things, you know, that people feel good about as far as that, but really, and I'm not saying they had anything to do with it, but I feel like there's a, there's a clue somewhere in there, but also there's, their silence is, is strange. Like I, I have no idea. And I mean, if even if you were asking me off the record, I mean, I, I would tell anybody, I tell anybody, my best friends, I'd be like, I really have no idea. And I don't, I always, like I said, you have to go where the evidence takes you. And I'm like, I have, there's no evidence for me to like come up with a theory or any kind of thing. Cause I'm like, I have no idea, but I mean, there's something with their silence. That's strange. But I also look at it. Like I always tell people, I'm like, you can't totally put things on people because you don't know how you would act in that situation to say that you do is just completely and you know and that's why i've always tried to give the as far as the family i think at times they've given mixed signals about stuff but the one thing i've never doubted is clearly they are uh you know this has been a terrible terribly upsetting ordeal to go through and so i always look at it like i'm not i'm not in their shoes so i can't sit there and say how i would act and what i would do you know i think i know but you know i've never gone through this and so it's like i believe that people you know you got to cut people some slack when they're involved in a situation and people do things for different reasons. It's why, you know, a lot of times people try to read in too much into, well, they said this or their body language is doing this, you know, not everybody's going to start crying all the time about stuff. You know, you don't know, you know, you know, I know for the Murray family, I think they're, you know, particularly private, proud people and they just have not wanted some of the things that came out, but I think they need to be told over and over again those of us with our hearts in the right place are not judging any of you guys. We're not judging your daughter. You know, we all made mistakes, man. We were all like 21 years old and did stuff at one point that maybe we would be like, you know, as older people we're like, yeah, this isn't something we do now. It doesn't make her, you know, more a bad, you know, it just makes her human. And, you know, and I feel for them to have had some of this have to play out in the public forum, but you know, it's just kind of the way it goes. And I, you know, I think at some point too, it's like, you know, us as American citizens, as taxpayers, we have the right to be like, you know, we, this is something that matters to us. You know, we want to look into like why this person, it's not okay that this person just like fell off the face of the earth. You know, if there was a, you know, even a possibility that she had just disappeared and that, you know, with some of the theories with that, then sure. I would absolutely want her to have her privacy and go about her business and be, you know, protected and everything like that. 
I think we all would. But unfortunately, it just seems like, you know, more and more, that just seems less likely. I have a hard time believing that at this point, you know, she would just continue to like drag her, you know, because ultimately the family, regardless of whatever they want, they've had to be drugged into a lot of things that I think have totally taken them out of their element. And I feel terribly for them. Yeah. And you brought up an interesting point um, about the information that is uh, coming to light or the information that people put out there in regards to Mora and in regards to any victim that has had something that they did in their past that, you know, most of us have something in our past where if we disappear tomorrow, I probably wouldn't want uh, James Renner looking into and and doing a blog post about. (laughs) But uh, where do you see the line being drawn because it's a little fuzzy, the line being drawn between sensationalizing it for the point, for the purpose of getting the scoop or getting the downloads or the clicks and just raising awareness. So obviously, like the the sexy titles are going to get the clicks. Does that collateral damage um, make it worth it for the the awareness being raised? What's your opinion? It's a very it's a very tricky topic it's like typically i i tend to be like i feel for the victims families i feel you know that they're that they're being victimized you know by this because i could only imagine having to go through that but on the other hand it's like we don't know what is important what is not important so it's really hard the one thing that i would definitely say is you have to be very careful and i would hope you know, things that have come out have been highly verified. I probably personally would have, you know, one one thing that I would definitely say that I've objected to that, you know, Renner has done, I guess he would probably be the most notorious as far as like the, re- the releaser of the more nefarious, uh, you know, things um, would be, you know, I would have left the Tim Carpenter stuff out of the book and out of the blog post because uh, the reason i would say that and i would tell that to renter is i don't i don't believe for a second he believes any of that junk and so it's like why are you even why are you even bringing this into it you know with fred and everything it's like none nobody that's the other thing i would tell fred is none of us even believe any of that junk because there's no there's simply no evidence and it's like you we've heard from his kids it's like in fact i think fred oftentimes has been mischaracterized as being this like overly like disciplinarian i think fred is just a guy that is up there he's he's an east coast guy he's a guy that i mean as you guys know that's just a that's a different area a different climate it's colder people have to be tougher you know where i come from it's like we're what we're all way too like probably soft on our kids letting our kids run all over us. You know what? Didn't mean he was a bad dad by any means. Didn't even mean he was necessarily a hard dad. And so I think he's been mischaracterized in a lot of ways. And that's the one thing I felt like it just was completely, you couldn't verify any of that. And it was basically just being told to you by somebody that really just did not have, you know, a lot of credibility. Things that you, you know, that have come out that you feel like were, you know, maybe have been, you know, some of the more, uh, I guess, damaging stuff to the family and stuff that you could, you know, some of the stuff going on at UMass, some of the theft stuff and whatnot. You could actually verify that through actual like verification through, yes, this this has a record. You know, we know it or 
you have multiple sources on stuff, uh, those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's really tough. And I feel for the families and I feel for family, other families going through it. But unfortunately, we don't know what matters and what doesn't matter. And maybe there's just a line in the sand as far as maybe, maybe at the end of the day, it isn't any of our business as far as like looking into this stuff. And maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, I like, I like to tell people and, you know, I'll usually say it, like I'd said earlier is, is taxpayers and citizens, you know, of the country. It's like, I do feel like we have an obligation to look out for one another. And sometimes, you know, the police are not equipped or for various reasons to continue to dig on these cases. And it's like, maybe this case, you know, there's people involved in it that, you know, their heart isn't in the right place, but I think you guys, you know, I think y'all's heart is in the right place and it's not just some sort of, you know, hobby as far as just like, Oh yeah, you're getting your kicks on, on some girl that went missing. I think you genuinely are just perplexed and it's like it it gets into you where you just you want to figure this thing out not for the notoriety or the fame because you want to just put closure to something that is just mystifyingly you know crazy as far as like how somebody could disappear when again it's like i think we all believe something happened but there's no body there was you know there's no blood you know it's not like you have a a bloody scene, you know, and then there's, you just can't find the body or it's a whodunit or something like that. I mean, it's just beyond, I mean, it is a mystery all the way around. And that was part of the reason why we started doing the documentary in the first place was all of the people like yourself who look into cases like this, especially Moore's case, really run the spectrum and you're on one end and then there's other people that are completely on the different, on the, the, the opposite end of the spectrum. And uh, I think what you were saying there is is 100% accurate. It's it's something that people want to know about because, A, the mystery of it all, the, the lack of evidence, the lack of sightings, the lack of anything that would lead to an answer, plus the fact that you find it to be, I guess, a humane responsibility to look out for one another. And you know that the family's suffering and you know that her friends are suffering and you also know that other people in this community are having a hard time when they're being attacked. And you sort of took the brunt of it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think, uh, I think you came out, I, I know you came out on the, on the right side of that one. And uh, again, just wanted to thank you for doing that. And I totally see where you're coming from. And that's what having, I guess, like a, a moral compass sounds like. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt the, uh, uh, I appreciate deeply feeling like I had a great amount of people having my back in that situation. And uh, I'm happy to do whatever I can for this community as far as being a good, I think a good steward of this, of the story, the narrative and where it goes forward and uh, retweeting and trying to get people to listen to y'all's podcast. Even when you guys are doing other stories, they're absolutely uh wealth of information and just a great addition to the uh you know true crime podcasting and you know i love when you guys have different you know are able to now branch out and have you know victims family interviews and just different people like that and uh just bringing more and more awareness and that and kind of the, the spirit of what you guys do is sort of an awareness kind of driven thing and i think some people don't totally understand that and I think they wanted you to like take some sort of huge, huge stand, you know, and be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, but you guys, that's not what you guys do. 
you have your opinions and you and you fire them out there when you need to but throughout all the work that you guys are doing it's it's more of a uh, of a stewardship of uh giving people a place to uh tell their story well jamie you really get it (laughs) uh you get what we do and uh i'm so glad that you're in this community and uh helping you know and and out there and you're you're out there on twitter talking about the case and we really need that so you're you're a positive voice so thank you for your existence in this community we really appreciate it and thank you so much for coming on this show and sharing your story and sharing your thoughts on on the case and on your history hey thank you so much for having me on uh just you know i'm like hey i'm gonna get to talk to tim and lance today so it's like you know i'm a big fan so i'm kind of like geeking out here so i really appreciate it oh thank you well we're geeking out trust us because uh you know we thought you were renner yeah i know exactly When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Private Investigations for the Missing, because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait.